Welcome to Trial by Wine. We take a closer look at crimes that highlight how fascinating humans can be. Schmitty, Swanee and Clarky visit crimes and run them through their jury of three, debating both sides of the case to agree an appropriate, if totally fictitious, sentence. Please be advised, Trial by Wine may include explicit or disturbing content and will include drunken rambling. Listener discretion is advised. All right. How are we? <laughs> very well. How are you guys? Yes, very well here too. Yeah, good, good. A little bit hung. Oh. Are you? Yeah. Oh, a little. Yeah, you know. And I've been at work. Yeah, we had some That's friends. That's not still from New Year's Eve, is it? And hours later, you know. Mm. I, Tony and I tried out the new spa last night, and that turned out to be a bit of a pissy affair in the uh, drunken sense. Spas do that. I'm glad it was the drunken sense. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, who are we? I'm Schmitty. I'm Swanee. And I'm Clarky. And together we are... Trial, trial by, by Wine. <laughs> and what are we drinking today? Well, as Stuart said, we're a little bit hungover, so mm. we are on the Carla Classic, the uh, coconut Deirdre sugar. Deirdre Chambers, what a coincidence. <laughs> what a coincidence. What a coincidence. Exactly. Oh, what a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> All Boom. three of us are holding up. I'm What's holding it? up a almost empty two-litre bottle. Bosch. No, what do they call it? Not Texas Beaujolais. What's Coca-Cola? There's some name that they've got for it. Coca-Cola? Is it Texas Beaujolais or American? Oh, I don't know. I'm thinking don't know. something. That means- no idea. Mine, however, has a little dash of uh, the pirate juice in it. Bit of pirate Goodness. juice, but not my standard. My standard pirate juice is the spiced one, but I didn't right. know. Schmidt, you've so. taken me back. That was my drink. I know. Why don't Bacardi I drink it at all anymore? Why don't I drink it? I don't Because there's something wrong with you. you I need forget to... about it. I've forgotten about it, to be perfectly honest. It's a little bit tastier than a vodka, and so, but it's also a white spirit, so pretty well, That suits me just fine, doesn't it? Yeah. I would like to say several months after my, my nasal operation, I think it's fair to say that I'm in a better drinking place than I've ever been. Oh, that's Maybe not ever been, news. but it, it, wow. is, it has had, definitely had a positive impact. I, um, excellent news. I'm going to give that a, a round of applause. I, and so I can I still smell. That you went through all that and didn't get No, any, and um, I can still smell. So that has been quite a revelation. And you know what? I got some perfume for Christmas, which was a very symbolic thing. My mm. brother-in-law asked me what I wanted. I said, you know what? Uh, I'd like some perfume. He said, well, I get you because he normally buys me perfume and he always buys me the same one because I haven't been able to smell what I've <laughs> had for years. Yeah. And I said, no, do you know what? I can actually smell and I've been into a shop and there's actually something else that I'd like. And, I, and so I asked him to buy it for me. And it was only afterwards that I thought, I really, really like that smell. And I'd forgotten that I actually used to wear that as well, but I'd forgotten over, you know, the five mm. plus years I haven't been able to smell at all that I had so there's a thing that I have where there's I reactions to emails, smells and stuff. I know what I like. And then when it comes back and I go, gosh, I really like that. And then I think about it. I was like, yeah, you liked it five years ago as well. So my was sense the, of smell hasn't changed. Was it the latest uh, fragrance from Britney Spears? Oh, no, Ariana Grande. <laughs> So close, yes. So you know, close, I, I love yeah. a fragrance from Wizard Pharmacy. That's oh, was, totally yeah. my cup of tea. I was a 50 I go 50. in there and I go, oh, is it, oh, do you know what, Brittany or Ariana Grande? Like, oh, no, Ariana Grande for me, I think. High ponytail, <laughs> that says that says speaks to me. Yeah, good call there, Clarkie. <laughs> Last year or the year before, my sister gave me a bottle of, because I wear Juicy Couture track pants all the time, <laughs> just because they were cheap on Catch of the Day or somewhat something. 
and uh, she bought me a Juicy Couture perfume and it has pride of place on the toilet as a toilet spray. Air freshener. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Does she yeah, know I've that? got a couple like that. <laughs> you always know there's all, some of those fragrances. I used to be obsessed with perfumes when I was, you know, in my first job at, when I was at school or whatever else, but they were so rich in the 80s. You know, they were Poison and Yves Saint Laurent Paris really, and stuff. They were really yeah. heavy, oh, heavy, decadent like fragrances. I love yeah. yeah, but it's funny that like, they take me straight back, but I remember I had the pride of place in my bedroom or whatever else and some of them now you know when they've been sort of designated to the pharmacy and yeah. that one I used to wear was like Davidoff Cool Water and my mum still buys it for me occasionally oh. I don't mind that for women but there's I, something I, about I, it I used to love it now I'm like no oh. okay when okay. it gets to the pharmacy up-truck, you know it, 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 the moment's yeah, okay. passed when they're, they're selling it out of the pharmacy I had pharmacy. Davidoff Cool Water for women and I thought that was alright I fresh. used to wear it a lot enough about perfumes <laughs> Clarky, do you have a story hi Yes, indeed, I do. And diddly diddly do, Chanel. Oh, I my do. lordy lordy, yes, indeed, and do that day, Chanel. So uh, I'm I always going... thought it was Chanel. I also say Chanel, but it's oh, well, Chanel, it was, is it? It was no, Chanel and Chanel. Oh, well, so Chanel. Was, oh good. Yeah. Chanel. Because yeah, I'm yeah. like, he always says Chanel, and I'm always thinking of Chanel, but whatever. Yeah, no, so. Oh, it's both. So we're both Chanel, right. cool. It was Chanel's House of Beauty. So that That's was it. Magda. Just look yeah. for the uh, big hairy legs with the uh, whatever in the middle. Yeah, yeah, the, wa- <laughs> the waxing strips between them. Um, but Janelle was the one who who was ran like, the show kind of thing. The, so, yeah, yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the journalist. Yeah, that's it. So, so Magda voice. would always say, "Oh my lordy, lordy, did it today, Janelle?" Right, so I'm going to tell you, I've gone with a local number. Oh, excellent. This week. And when I say local, it's actually from Albury, which oh my is God, that local. super local. Yeah, yeah, for us anyway, not for you, Swanee, particularly. But that's you know, all right, but that's local, local. I figure I've been pointing out some weird stories from other parts of the globe, and so it was time to do this one. Was it harder? It was very hard, hard to find yeah. information. That's the struggle, isn't it? So I'd yeah. like to do more stuff from home, but some of this stuff is difficult in terms of limited information. Yeah, yeah, correct. So, you, so it was definitely hard to find a lot of info. I was piecing it together from a lot of different stories. But what I'm going to do is tell you the story. That there's not a lot to actually what happened. And then we're going to go through everything that happened years and years and years after. Okay. Because when a when it's a, one of those. it's a it's a murder, and when the murder goes unsolved, uh, okay, it case. just yep. constantly repeats. And so, mm, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll go through some of that. So anyway, my sources are the Daily Mail UK. Go figure. Oh. News.com.au, uh, Sydney Morning Herald, abc.net.au, and the good old Canberra Times. Oh, mm. I think I think where the Daily Mail picks them up, it is just part of that affiliate news stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Our story begins in October 1973, and this is oh. the story of uh, Bronwood Richardson. Uh, so Bronwood Richardson was a Coral showgirl. So Coral, for those of you who don't know, is just down the road. It's about half an hour from here. So along the Murray, there's a lot of towns that are more or less twin towns. There's a town on the Victorian side and a town on the New South Wales side. And so Rutherglen is the Victorian and Coral is the I'm a bit embarrassed. So the the river is the border. That's the border of yeah. The southern water. Yeah, the southern water line is the 
um, border. So if you are in Victoria and you go and stand in the Murray, you're in New South, you're in New South Wales. Yeah. Ah, right, got it. There you go. So, yeah, she was um, a Corowa showgirl described by her family as fun-loving and the belle of the ball. Oh. Earlier in the year, the 17-year-old had won a beauty contest at the Corowa Show, being crowned Miss Corowa Show Beauty Queen in the town which lies 50 kilometres west along the Murray River. So it was just after 7pm on Friday. West of what? Uh, Albury. Albury okay. Yeah, yeah. It was just just after 7pm on Friday, October the 12th, when Bronwyn Richardson was on a footpath in Smollett Street in central Albury waiting for Charlie Kerr to give her a lift home following her shift working at Coles. Coles New World in the day probably. Well, it could have been Coles New World. Yes. I saw a sign the other day that said it reminded me of that, Coles New World. A witness saw a car of four men pull up on Smollett Street Ooh. and Miss Richardson was dragged into the vehicle. He said Bronwyn had recognised the driver and he heard her say, oh, it's you, before her abduction. So then I read a couple of different stories as to what happened. The first one, which has the most detail to it, said that she was driven to a reserve off a road about six kilometres west of Albury where she was raped and assaulted. She was then strangled and her body was dumped in the Murray River. Two days later, on Sunday, October the 14th, her body was found at Horseshoe Lagoon on a walking trail in West Albury. And knowing what I know of that area, the Murray doesn't flow through Horseshoe Lagoon. Um, so I don't know how Was there that... an attributary? No. So, so as I understand it, Horseshoe Lagoon is at Browns Plains, which is, oh, sorry, Park? Gosh, on South Albury. But it's floodplains. Yeah, so I think it doesn't really... Oh. I, I'm not sure a body would flow from the Murray into Horseshoe Lagoon. But if it was flooded, then it could happen. The lake is not related to the river? Yeah, absolutely. So The lake is huge. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah. So it's a reservoir that supplies all the water and oh, they use yeah. it they use it um, to control the floods as well. So there's Dartmouth, which is even bigger, mm-hmm. um, yeah. further Dartmouth up is further into the up. hills. Yep, that's right. And they use the two particularly to try to manage water that. storage, but also when it's going to flood, they'll just let heaps out. And so over the last, I don't know, six months, there's been a lot of activity with the, yep. the two. And Dartmouth. The river's very. <laughs> so where's Dartmouth? Very windy. Up in the, up in the hills. The river is very windy. Meandering is another word. Um, that's, a, I, a I was laughing because I was like, I cannot river. think of what I was going to say. It's you, crazy busy, isn't there? it? Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a huge river. Yeah. When it's, yes. when it's Corowa. Is that where we were talking about? Yeah. Yep. It yeah. is where we were talking about. Oh, I'm about. looking along where I am. Okay. I've just gone up river and I've arrived at Corowa. I can see Rutherglen now. Right. Got it. All right. Got it? Okay. okay. I'm with you, right? I, I think we can definitely edit some of that out. <laughs> <laughs> So the other theory that I read was just that she was actually murdered at Horseshoe Lagoon, which to me makes a bit more sense because, um, yeah, it's unlikely that a body would wash up there. Uh, So police investigated the murder but were unable to determine who was responsible. In 1975, a coronial inquest found that Miss Richardson died of strangulation and drowning. So now we jump forward to 1990, so 15 years later, and the family have no closure, obviously. A new investigation was launched after new evidence was found and three men were charged but were never convicted. Anyway, yeah, so none of them were convicted. So then 
2008, so this is a timeline, it does jump back a little bit as things come out, but 2008 detectives refused to give up on the case and set up a strike force to reinvestigate the case. In 2010, police posted a $200,000 reward for information about the murder. So what's that, 37 years later? Yeah, when you said 98, I was trying to, uh, sorry, 2008, I was trying to work it out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, long time. (laughs) So 2011, a second inquest was conducted. Mm. And in that inquest, they heard that Mr Brown was acting strangely after... The breakup with Bronwyn. So he was her ex, Jeffrey Charles Brown. A witness in the second inquest, Susan Marie Lyon, told the court she was going out with Jeffrey Charles Brown in 1977 when out of the blue he told her he was the ex-boyfriend of Bronwyn Rich and had been interviewed by police over her murder. The court heard Mr Brown told Miss Lyon he was interviewed by police because he was the only one who called her Bronny and they could not prove anything so he was let go. That's important because the witness who who said heard oh her, it's you yeah, yeah yeah had heard him them call, call her Bronny. Oh, also there was another phone call that happened prior to her death which was an anonymous death threat. It was a muffled voice over the phone telling her, Bronny, you are going to die. Given that he was the only one that they knew that called her Bronny, he was a bit of a suspect, but no evidence. The inquest also heard from Mr Brown's former girlfriend, Wendy Sim, who claimed Mr Brown had taken her to Horseshoe Lagoon where Bronwyn was killed and told her it was where he went to think. Another former girlfriend told the inquest she was concerned for her safety after their breakup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think about what it's just done. <laughs> <laughs> the conclusion of that was that the coroner delivered an open finding into the death of Bronson and referred the matter to the Commissioner of Police for more investigation. Can I ask a question, Plucky Webb? Yeah. Was that originally or was that when it was revisited? As in the open finding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's the 2011. Okay, gosh. So, yeah. All those years later. So what does an open finding mean? We just don't know the answers yet? It means that they can't reach a conclusion, so they've got to go and do more investigation. So now in 2014, so 41 years later, police make a breakthrough and arrest a man who allegedly abducted, raped and killed a teenager. The man was Colin Michael Newey, 61, who lived in a country town just outside Adelaide. Police said fresh information gleaned from the coronial inquest in 2011 help them build a strong enough case to make an arrest. At the time, it was the oldest homicide in New South Wales to have resulted in an arrest. So New South Wales Police Homicide Commander Detective Mark Willing, sorry, Detective Inspector Mark Willing, also Detective Inspector Mick Willing, uh, said that Bronwyn's parents... So his name again is... <laughs> Just fourth time lucky, <laughs> Detective Inspector Mick, Mick Willing. Willing. Right, okay. Yes. Are you yes. sure about I that was, now? <laughs> I wasn't willing to get that name correct, but I did in the end. I kept looking at him going. He said that Bronwyn's parents, Noel and Stan Richardson, were distressed but relieved at the news someone had finally been arrested over their daughter's death. A 17-year-old girl lost her life under horrific circumstances, he said. The pain of murder lasts forever. He said the police believed one other man had allegedly been involved in the beauty queen's death, but the person was now dead. There were no other persons of interest in the case apart from Mr. Newey, 
who will shortly be charged, and I shouldn't have read it like that because uh, that was in 2014. <laughs> shortly, <laughs> and in 2022. <laughs> who, will, who will shortly, uh, eight years ago. <laughs> oh, yes, the wheels of justice move quickly. Goodness yeah. me, damn cut and paste. <laughs> Police allege Mr Newey initiated his own undoing after watching a television program in his hometown of Murray Bridge. The program linked notorious Victorian pedophile Mr. Stink to the murder of Mr. Newey's distant cousin on October the 9th, 1989. Can I ask a question? Was Mr. Stinky linked with, I don't think he was, Josephine Chan? Joseph, remember Josephine Chan was oh, this really dude. famous young girl who was taken and murdered? Yeah, she wasn't famous at the time. She was famous after It's a she famous was case. It's a famous Correct. case, yeah. Yes. And, but I'm, now, now I say it, I think Josephine Chan, the theory of that is... Lots of other underworld crime type mm, people, not Mr. Stinky. Related. But I think it was around yeah. the same time as Mr. Stinky. That's why. Yeah, I'm I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he. Uh, he... And Swanee's looking disturbed that I even know that. <laughs> you don't. Well, you're Mr. not Victorian. Stinky rings a bell. He, he was Victorian, wasn't he, Mr. Stinky? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've heard it. He, he was I our boogeyman. I when know. I was growing up, he was our boogeyman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. doubt it with a name like yeah. that. Yeah, I know, Mr. Stinky. Because he used to. If I'm not wrong, he used to break into people's places and he stank. He had really bad yeah. BO and he was yeah. a rapist and a pedophile <gasps> or something. And so that's yeah, why he got pedo. called Mr. Stinky. Yeah, yeah. So the following day, Mr. Newey allegedly made a – so this is after the TV program aired. Um, Mr. Newey allegedly made a chilling phone call to his local police station to gloat that he was somehow involved in Bronwyn's death. And after all that time. yeah. And that the program he viewed the day before was incorrect. It's a bit like BTK. No, I'm not dead. I'm still here mm. and I'm yeah, just yeah. going to send you a floppy. That, yeah. That is so wrong. Yeah, if you don't mind, <laughs> my work should be it should be respected. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. Following further investigations by the New South Wales Police's Unsolved Homicide Squad, he was charged in July 2014, but granted bail four months later after questions were raised about whether the Crown could prove he had committed any acts or whether he was present at the time of Bronwyn's death. There was also doubt about whether the accused was the person who had phoned police and made the admission. So, yeah, he was granted bail with the judge labelling the case against him not very strong. So is that sort of suggesting he could have just been one of these people that jobs who rings up and says i did it i did it even though they didn't yeah well, well i guess you know that there's no proof that it was him so if if someone has called up saying it's him then oh i see what you mean no so proof. someone just said i'm x person and i Correct. did this and there's no evidence that it was him right okay well yeah so there's not not enough evidence to prove that it was him and he's obviously not admitting to it. So Justice Richard Button remarks during an application that Newey could have been considered for release on bail by the police saying he is an elderly sick man. He added it was unusual for an arrest coming 40 years after the crime to be without scientific evidence. So he was arrested, you know, no evidence other than it's all the alleged phone call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. The Supreme Court heard the case against Newey is built around phone calls most notably a call made um, to the Murray Bridge Police Station. There's real dispute whether the Crown can prove the accusation was the person or one of the persons who committed those acts, and so he had to be released. And the charges dropped only weeks before he was due to face court. So if you think about what that does for the family, you know, they're obviously left devastated because, again, they get their hopes up and go, right, now we've got someone, he's confessed to it, and here we are. Surprise, and so, no, I'm, no, I didn't do it. 
Yeah, correct. Gotcha. And so yeah. Mrs. Richardson's sister, Fiona Hume, at the time said, this has been the hardest blow of all. We've waited 40 years and now we've got nowhere. The police have done their job. We were three weeks out from hearing the evidence in court. Pretty traumatic where you kind of go, all right, let's all get ready and, and go. But they would have only dropped it if they didn't think that they could actually get a firm prosecution for it. Yeah, so the Office of the Director of Public Prosecution said that in its view there was no reasonable prospect of conviction. But interesting that it got that far. And I think from the family's perspective, you know, they're not annoyed at the police at all, but, you know, it probably shouldn't have got that far. Yeah, it's disgusting. They, they would have hoped that it would have gone further. And, and I guess it just highlights the, you know, the complexity of, of trying to solve cold cases. And so they were saying that... Um, Police sometimes forward a brief of evidence to the ODPP, which is the Office of Director of Public Prosecutions, mm -hmm. for advice before charges are laid. That did not happen in this instance. Fiona Hume said the case was always going to be complex, but that the family were confident in the work done by New South Wales Police's Unsolved Homicide Squad. She said the evidence should have at least gone to the committal hearing. And then she says, which I don't necessarily agree with, police wouldn't have charged him unless there was sufficient evidence to do so. The detectives we've spoken to are as mortified as we are. Now we fast forward to 2019. Uh, so in June 2019, a $1 million reward for information that leads to the arrest and conviction of those responsible for her death was announced. And in July... Could you just, 20 could you just repeat that, though, with the appropriate... Not Wayne's World. What is it? Um, $1 million. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. Yes. In June 2019, uh, $1, $1 million, million reward. $1 billion gazillion dollars. That's right, yes. <laughs> and then in July 2019, a two-part television investigation of the crime, Murders, Lies and Alibis, The Beauty Queen Killers, unearths contradictory evidence implicating two men in the murder in two different scenarios. People. Yeah, okay. Both men have been previously arrested for the crime. So who are the men? I hear you ask. I did ask that in who my are the head. Men? Who are the men? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Who mean? are the men? <laughs> so the first one uh, is Jeffrey Charles Brown, who was Roman's boyfriend up and until about Every time you say his name, I death. keep wanting to say, James Brown, but that's not James Brown, but anyway. It's also not. Um, but Jeffrey, Char <laughs> Jeffrey Charles Brown is a little bit more Charlie Brown than oh, yeah, yeah. James yeah, Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the night of Bronwyn's murder, Mr Brown told police he was at the Waller Hotel and then the Burham Buttock Pub. Witnesses placed Mr Brown in both locations at 6.15pm and 8.10pm, but an inquest into 2011 heard there was sufficient time for him to get to Albury from Waller and back to Burham Buttock and still be involved in Bronwyn's death. But you'd so be busy, wouldn't you, unless you're setting yourself up for an alibi. Like, like to do all this driving, it, like it's, anyway. Like, you'd be busy because you're setting yourself up for, for, a, alibi. for an alibi. Yeah, that's right. Because mm. yeah, yeah. otherwise it's like, you know, why would you do all that unless you were like, I've got to be seen by lots of other people. I can't yeah. dilly dally. I've got to. Sorry. Yeah. Also, yes. I've, got to, yeah. I've got to get this over with quick because I've got to get back and then everyone's going to know I'm there. Yeah. I don't know why you would want to have a drink in Burham Buttock and then yeah. have a drink at Walla. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, why wouldn't you so, just stay at the same pub? Unless you want to be different or see yeah. somewhere yeah. away yeah. from Yeah, why wouldn't place? you just yeah. stay at the same pub? Yeah, okay. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so in the uh, Murder, Lies and Alibis TV show, two of Bronwyn's sisters and her mother, Noelle, say a 
police uh, identikit released after the murder resembled Mr Brown and claim he was stalking Bronwyn and making threatening phone calls. Uh, so that's the first man. The second man suspected of the murder was Colin Michael Newey, who we spoke about, uh, Bronwyn's second cousin. Uh, he has a record of theft, burglary, assault, arson, breaching bail and drug manufacturing. Can I ask a question? What was the connection? What was the connection? Yeah, he's an ass. But what was the connection with Mr. Stinky? Uh, just that uh, it had been. Uh, let me find it. Linked to some of Mr. Stinky's victims, yeah. or you know, like scrolling, scrolling. I can't remember scrolling. if they caught Mr. Stinky either. I don't think they did. No. Uh, the program linked notorious Victorian pedophile Mr. Stinky to the murder of Mr. Newey's distant cousin on October the 9th. Right. So, yeah, yeah okay, right, right, right. They also reported that Harry Poydevin, uh, who was in Poyer. jail with Miss... Poyder. Poyder. We'll call him Poyder, Poyder. For the, from this point forward. <laughs> who was in jail with Mr. Newey, told police Mr. Newey knew a lot about the murder. Do you know who Poyder is, Carla? No, Poyder. Poyder, I do. Yeah, Poyder. Poyder. But Poido is like for Poidovan. That's so. If you're saying Peter, that's no, no, no. Yeah, you know, you're Poida. right. You're right. I mean, Eric Banner, right? Eric yeah. Banner's yeah. famous. Yeah, I don't care Poida. what that's else he did Peter, in his career, Poida. but he was Porter at the beginning of his Poida. career, yeah. and that's what Correct. we remember him for. Yep, go on. Yeah, yeah. I know. Correct. Even though he became a Hollywood star. <laughs> 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 yes, Poida went a long way. So Poida, this Poida, uh, was in jail with Mr. Newey. What was Mr. Newey in jail for, do we know? He had a record of theft, burglary, assault, arson, breaching bail and drug manufacturing. That was him, right. So, yes, he'd been busy. busy. Yeah. Yeah, busy yeah. boy. Yeah. 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 Industrial chap. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. Get a real job. The program <laughs> Just funny me, that'll keep you busy. Doesn't pay as well. Yeah, it yeah. would, yeah. it would. Uh, the program also revealed Billy Flack, a childhood friend of Mr. Newey, said he had a strange obsession with Bronwyn and had said, and you'll love this, oh. I, I wouldn't mind getting onto that. <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing that. Oh. And by by your love you mean hate. Yeah. 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 Quite right, quite yeah. right. Yeah, what a love. I wouldn't mind getting onto oh, that. I wouldn't mind getting on that. Oh, yeah, oh. Oh, do that one. Oh. Yeah. Oh, exactly yuck. in that voice too. Oh. <laughs> Of course, Mr. Newey denied the claims, and Me? he said, "Never, never. I, I never, never spoken about yeah. a person like that. I would never uh, object, objectify a woman like that." I'm sure, that's just Leonard, how Mr. Newey sounds. Never <laughs> Come on, Leonard, love. we're <laughs> leaving. <laughs> he also said, and I guess this is deflection. Uh, Bronwyn was a bit of a tarty type, <sighs> so no one else said that. Um, How old was she when she disappeared? Seventeen. Seventeen. You know, yeah, you know those seventeen-year-old tarts oh. who win, who become beauty yeah, who queens are just in Corowa. loved by their families and a yeah, delightful correct. person who you know have their whole lives ahead of them. Yeah, yeah, tarty tarts. Shut up. Yeah. You shut up, you stupid man. Sh- shut up, you stink. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. Mr. Newey initially denied seeing Bronwyn the week of her murder, but later said he had seen her that day around midday. In a previous police interview, he said he saw her at 4pm or 5pm on the day of her abduction. He said and then at, he was at 10 o'clock at night when I abducted her and yeah. raped her and killed her. Yep. Pants on fire. 
he said he was at a weekend army event the night of the murder, but his brother Peter denied this. A weekend army event? What was he a reservist? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of army up here, so okay, okay, yeah, it would make sense. Right, right, yeah. right. right. That, that's helpful to know. <laughs> Otherwise, it's a bit random. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so very good that you asked that question. <laughs> Peter said Colin was meant to pick him up from hospital on October the 12th but didn't turn up. The thing that gets me is where he was that day she went missing. What was he doing, Peter said. He was killing her. Sounds like Porter. No, the other, different <laughs> Porter. <laughs> different Porter. Uh, Colin Newey did, uh, did not attend Bronwyn's funeral either. Was it, should he have? Cousin. Well, yes. Oh, it's a cousin, so, right. Yeah. So d- d- not necessarily, but I think you could probably reasonably go. Um, it's a big deal for the town or, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's not like you probably would have had a hell of a lot else going on. Maybe, you know. Another army cousin. event. Yeah. <laughs> was he her cousin? Did I miss that? Mm-hmm. He was. He did oh, miss okay, that. okay, right. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Get off the Bacardi yeah. now. You note yourself. <laughs> so um, he was her second cousin. No, no, I think up the dose. Oh. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah. Right, no, no, I missed that. Sorry. I knew that because you said earlier about Mrs. Stinky, it was a related by a second cousin or something. But okay, mm. all right. So her sister Fiona Hume believes Colin was present at the murder. When he became the number one suspect, every piece of the puzzle fitted together. So we'll go back to the phone call that was made from Murray Bridge. In 1989, the day after a television show on Bronwyn's death aired, an anonymous man called police from a phone booth in Murray Bridge and claimed he and three other men were present during the murder. Clark, Um, where's Murray Bridge? uh, South Australia. It is in South Australia, so it's not nearby. No, 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 because Newey is a South Australian, isn't he? Who's yes, yeah. I just South Australia is a hell of a long way away from what we're talking. Yeah, correct. That's that's why I just wanted to check. Yes, so we're not in the. It was because you were Murray and Bridge nearby. I just wanted to be clear that because the Murray runs from Adelaide. Oh, not Adelaide. Sorry, South Australia. Yeah, runs into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where he's from is he on the Murray? Murray Bridge is on the Murray, Right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, from the phone call, police identified four suspects. Jeffrey Brownie Brown, <laughs> uh, Kevin Puppy Newman. Are these real names? Who's making this shit up? 100%. No, Kevin no. Puppy Newman and Jeffrey yeah, Murray pu- Brown. Yeah, is, yes, no, Jeffrey Brownie Brown. Brownie Brown. Brownie Brown. So it's Jeffrey Charlie Brownie Brown. Brownie Puppy. But Brownie, so Brownie is Jeffrey Brown's nickname. Puppy is Kevin Newman's nickname. There's Mad Max Martin, <laughs> oh. who is who is really just Max Martin, just but say, his nickname was Mad. I have seen. I saw Mad Max recently. That's a shit yep. house film. What was the fuss about that? Shut it's up. Terrible. It's old. Long time so ago. violent yeah, it was long time ago. so awful. Anyway. Yeah. And the fourth um, suspect was Ross Eames. Oh, does he not have cla- a nickname? He did it. No. no. He doesn't have a nickname. Well, see, I think that there's every chance that he actually wasn't involved. Right. Okay. Yeah, because the person calling said that he and three other men were present during That's the That's right. There were four people there, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Remember we did that um, Super Schmitty Courageous Cars and Paul. Paul? Yeah. He's the this, and this Paul. Feels, <laughs> this feels a little bit like his, yeah, I don't have a nickname. <laughs> oh, funny. So it was claimed that Max Martin was a pedophile and rapist who was released from jail on October the 12th. In 1990, he was questioned by police but denied being in Albury. After his death in 1995, it was 
discovered he had, in fact, taken the train to Albury. In 1995, did you say? After his death in 1995. So... It was discovered. 22 years after this happened, they finally Correct. worked that out. It's incredible that they can work that stuff out, but I guess 22 he, years later, but not at the time. Yeah, but understand his name came up as a result of the phone call in 1989. Okay, right, right, right. Okay, fair enough. And so that's what he wasn't implicated And this is the, yeah, and this is the complexity of the whole okay. thing that, you know, new things surfaced, then you've got to go back and try to make sense of it all. And I guess because he'd said he wasn't in Albury, that probably threw them for a while as yep, well. Yeah, yep. And he probably thought they wouldn't be able to track him down. Correct. Yep. Okay. And, and at least until he died. <laughs> Mr. After Newey that, said After that, when they were cleaning his house out, they found the receipt yeah, for the train ticket. It. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder the if that's ticket. how they actually, yeah, I wonder if that's how they found it. Mr. Newey said he and Martin then had lunch at the Coles cafeteria and saw Bronwyn working. Her sister Fiona said they knew what time she was leaving work. So you can kind of start to piece together from that. Mr. Newey said Martin had that shiftiness in him. He sort of looked evil. We've all had friends like that. Yeah, that doesn't know. make you evil. I, yeah, can't, yeah. I can't accuse them of murder, but, you know, you may have suspected it. Also, um, Len Pendrick, who was friends with Martin's brother, Terry, claimed Terry told him Max had confessed. Mr. Eames? <laughs> I like the way, oh, I like oh. the way you pause because ex- you expect us to respond to that. And I'm like, I'm I don't gi- even know who I'm Max is. I'm still trying to work through it. I'm, too, I'm, too, I'm still thinking about Len. I love so, that name, Len. Len Pendrick. Len Pendrick. A mate of your, your grandfather's old Len Pendrick. I got old Len. I was drinking it. Lenny. Barham Buttock yeah. Pub with Len. Oh, Walla with P- Len. So who was Max? Uh, yeah, so Sorry. I have thrown a lot of no- names in. So Max Martin was Mad Max. Oh, Mad Max Martin. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Got him, got and him, he right. was, it was claimed that he was a pedophile and rapist. So he was the one who was released on the 12th of October and it was later determined that he caught the train up to Albury on the day of his release. Oh, he's the one, right? Okay, Correct. sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, from where? Do we know where he caught it up from? From, from Melbourne. Uh, probably from Melbourne, but I don't okay, really know. Okay. Um, but he was okay. was he in Adelaide? Not Adelaide, South Australia as well. No. There's a lot of travel in this. There is, particularly <laughs> for the seventies. Uh, absolutely. Um, like, who gets a train to go? And, well, and, I, and, I mean, and I'm not a rapist and a murderer, but. What are we doing next week? I don't know. I think I'll just get the train up to Aubrey and. I'm getting released, so I'm going to go, go up lunch to at Coles. At Coles Cash, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah My okay. first meal of freedom. It's, you know what I mean? Like it feels weird, yeah. but okay, all right. It's yeah. a little bit like, you know, those cups where you've got the ball underneath and then they all get mixed up and you've got yeah. to keep your eye on the cup that's got the ball in it. Yes, that's a bit like that. Trying to yes, work yes. out who it's the names are. Mad Max. Yes, so um, he had the shiftiness in him and he uh, sort of looked The shiftiness evil. in him, I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I've got the shiftiness in me. I've got the shiftiness in me. I've got the shiftiness in me. And there is the musical interlude. Yes. Oh. So Mr. Eames, who doesn't have a nickname. Okay. And Paul. And Paul. Boring. Said he and Newman left and he did not know if Mr. Brown or Martin killed her. He also said Mr. Newey was not involved. Mr. Brown claims Mr. Eames tried to frame him. Right. Are we connecting those dots? Were they all in the car together? They all did it. It it feels a little bit like they all did it. It wasn't me. 
You know the shaggy yeah, song? No, that yeah, was me. Yeah, it was him. Sorry, Shaggy and all the cr- what is it? <laughs> on the, the horseshoe lagoon. Floor. It wasn't me. Yeah. It wasn't it me. Wasn't me. I saw yeah. a cold cafe. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I got a train. It wasn't me. I went to Walla. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Went to, what was it? The Mambaka? What was it called? Barabudic. I went to Barabudic. It wasn't, it wasn't me. me. That's think, really hard to work into a song. I yeah, like to think at Horseshoe Lagoon, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> and, and all these places have got far too many consonants and vowels to be, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not working. Yeah. Uh, right, so uh, Mr. Brown did not participate in murder, lies and alibis and was filmed telling the crew to go away saying, I've had 46 years of shit. <laughs> what a line of old oh, shit. shit. <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, up at Elden, I waited for the fireworks. It got to midnight, nothing. And I turned to Hubbard and said, what a line of old shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Were they just running late or they didn't do anything? They didn't do anything. And, I, and everyone went to bed and I was like, what a line of old shit. Come on, Leonard. <laughs> We're going home. We're out of here. Yes. Anyway. So just just give that some consideration for your sentence because if he didn't do it and he wasn't involved, it would be horrible to get hounded like that. But if he did do it, I'm okay with him getting 46 he years was involved. of shit. I think he was involved. You know, anyway, cop yeah. your 46 years I think all four of, of them are involved in some way, yeah. Oh, you poor thing. You're now, of course, just so that I can continue to add another name. <laughs> Who else we, has been implicated? Well, to make it easy for you, I'll mm-hmm. call them Witness X, who the program claimed was a police informant, said it was Mr Newey that had made the anonymous phone call to police from Murray Bridge and that they knew because they were with him when he did it. So if you come back to... Yep, um, yep. I did it, but no, I didn't. I didn't do nothing. He got yeah. that got thrown out because there wasn't enough evidence for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The program speculated Mr. Newey could have pretended to be Mr. Eames on the call to point police away from him. Both um, Mr. Eames and Mr. Newey lived in Murray Bridge. But to be fair, he didn't have to make the phone call at all. So, you know, I'm pointing someone away from me, but I didn't actually have to involve myself at all. But also, if he was going to try to prove that the show was wrong in 1989 make the phone call to prove it, but say you're someone else. Or just say nothing. Okay, all right. No, he can't say nothing because it was wrong. Mr Newey took a polygraph test and was asked if he called Murray Bridge Police and if he caused or was present at Bronwyn's death. In his den- and his denials were deemed truthful. Also, polygraphs are not reliable enough to be no, evidence in, in New evidence. South Wales yeah, court. Yeah, yeah, or anywhere. Carla, uh, in answer to your question, Colin Newey died in 2019. Right. So now we jump to 2021 and a third inquest commences. The coronial inquest heard that there is little chance of anyone being prosecuted over her death because the three key suspects are dead. Counsel assisting Sally Dowling said Bronwyn was violently abducted, brutally, physically and sexually assaulted after she was snatched from an Albury Street in October 1973. The reality is that her family has been living with the heartbreak and uncertainty about how she died and who is responsible. There is a strong possibility that there will be insufficient evidence for Your Honour to reach a finding. Documents have been lost, exhibits have been lost, and witnesses have passed away. The third inquest... Lost? Lost. Yeah. God, all right. The third inquest was called following additional information that police said changed their focus since the 
2011 inquest. So in the 2021 inquest, three suspects were named. Bronwyn's second cousin, Colin Newey, remains the principal suspect, according to investigators. During the first day of the inquest, Miss Dowling told the court Mr Newey was a career criminal with a history of sexual and physical violence toward women. The court heard the alibi Mr Newey consistently returned to over the years had been conclusively disproved. He had told investigators he had been at an army camp the weekend Bronwyn was abducted. He gave different version of the weekend on which she died and admitted to being in Smollett Street between 6pm and 7pm and seeing her. Convicted sex offender Max Martin, mad, who had been released from prison on the morning of Bronwyn's death, was also suspected to have been involved. He died in 1995. And a third man, Kevin Newman, who investigators say may have been involved in the crime to a lesser extent, is also dead. Do we know what killed them all? Like old age or? The, the ghost of no, Mr no, Chicken. Old age. Um, like did they die? Did they live to a ripe old age? Yeah, no. Or? So, yeah. So they, none of them, I think, were particularly young. Okay. And so I think it is more that kind of old age. Also, bear in mind that, you know, this is 50 years almost after. Yeah. So hey, hey, if hey, they hey. were 49. driving age. 49. Yeah, yeah, don't get I'm too carried away. I'm only correcting you because I'm 49 next year. And <laughs> this is happening here before me, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the inquest uh, heard two anonymous phone calls made to South Australian police in 1989 had led the focus of the investigation toward four men Max Martin, Ross Eames, Jeff Brown and Kevin Newman. Uh, investigators said they now believed Mr Newey made the calls. Since 2011, it's become apparent that two anonymous phone calls were designed to and succeeded in turning police attention towards those men. So that's not a bad thing. Maybe there was something in the show that made him think that they were going to catch him and that's yeah. why he had to ring. Police initially thought the calls were made by Mr Eames, who was 14 years old at the time but that was ruled out. The caller named Jeff Brown and Max Martin as being responsible and also stated he and Kevin Newman were in the car when Bronwyn was abducted and were present in her death. Investigators have since ruled out any involvement from Ross Eames and Jeffrey Brown, who was Bronwyn's former boyfriend. So we knew that Ross Eames wasn't part of it because he didn't have a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul. And Paul, yes. So then there's also a pub confession. I'm not sure if it was the Bar and Buttock pub. Swanee, is, this like but the, is this like the pub test? You know, yeah, yeah. similar. Say, you know, if yeah. it doesn't stand up to a pub test, then you, exactly. you shouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. What is the pub test? It's, well, it's where something happens and if you're in a pub, oh, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, Clarky, but and you're in a pub, you go, oh, and blah, 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 and everyone goes, that's bullshit. That's failing the pub test. Yeah, okay, so cool. it's it's for, it's a political term. So if the, if the political, if the politicians are saying, you know, Okay, so you can understand it and get it by at the pub. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I'm not supposed to have two dual citizenship, but yeah. I, I didn't actually, know that was a political term. Yeah. So I, I did really? have, well, that's how it gets used a lot. I feel where like they it's go, just an Aussie term. But it okay. wouldn't pass the pub test. And, yeah. and so, you know, the, the politicians should know better because. What are you drinking, Schmitty? Nothing. Why? I saw a can. What is that? That's what I had earlier. That's what I had to wee out. It's a mother. Oh, God. Mother. oh my God. That just, looks horrendous. Have, have you just Every turned morning. into an 18 year old boy? I you cannot Every... be drinking that and wearing Tom Ford or Joe Malone. You should have yeah. Britney Spears <laughs> body admit, spray on with that. It's normally a V. It's normally a V or a Red Bull. No, no. As part of my diet regime, I have an energy drink in the morning, and that's how I get myself through to. 
evening before I have dinner, as in an actual meal. Yeah. Anyway, let's. Uh, we digress. Move on. We digress. Sorry, I just let's, had to stop you there. Let's not. Mother. Let's not prosecute me and me. my energy <laughs> drinks thing. I'd, I'd rather you don't lose weight than drink that stuff. You've crossed a line. Could you at least put it in a brown paper bag to drink out of it? So you have to <laughs> I'd rather it let. I'd rather it be left to our imagination. Also, <laughs> she could just put it in a glass. Mother. Mother. Yeah, I'm drinking mother. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. No I, had, I don't have a brown paper bag. I just had a box. <laughs> it was a brown box, a though. Post-Christmas yeah. post box for you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds like a condition. <laughs> <laughs> now, ma'am, how can I help you today? Well, doctor, I seem to have post-Christmas <laughs> box. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it'd be more like, I've got this awkward thing going on downstairs. Oh, let me take a look. Oh, I know what that is. That's post-Christmas just box. post-Christmas box. Yeah, ah, that's right. You're the fourth one today. <laughs> Catch in the day box. Yeah, <laughs> It'll sorry. be gone by New Year's. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't have a brown paper bag. Anyway. All right. So. <clears throat> right. So there was a pub back confession. Back to the seriousness of the pub, the pub confection, confession, which yes. may or may not stand up to the pub Yes, Rules, and, and yeah. so the pub confession starts with a witness who cannot be named. So I'm wondering if he's... So also bullshit. Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> could be. Or is he the police informant? Oh, it could be witness X. Yeah. But it could be witness Y. I don't know whether they're the same or not because you can't name them. Why would he be But there? it's funny that witness X could be given a name witness X, but this one cannot be named. So I think he's Voldemort. Um, I think you're right. Yep. Yeah. Right. So a witness who cannot be named told the inquest he was drinking in a bar in the Albury region in the 1980s when he overheard two men discussing Bronwyn's death. I heard Bronwyn's name mentioned, he said, because the name is pretty synonymous to the area and my ears picked up. I only knew about it through the media. I didn't know her. Then I heard him say that he was involved. He told the other guy that he was involved with it and then proceeded to say what had occurred. He said the man... I was involved with Bronwyn's murder. Correct. <laughs> That's exactly what he said, <laughs> word for word. Exactly. I was involved with Bronwyn's murder. Now you're getting the picture right as well. I feel like everyone in the area is involved at this point in time. Yeah. Well, it's only so we do say Albury Wodonga has two degrees of separation. So you either know someone or you know someone who knows someone. So okay. Yeah, and, and what if about people ever, who've moved into the area? How are you going with that? You're pretty well, good. Yeah. So you you <laughs> no, buy that, yeah. you buy stuff on marketplace and right. or sell stuff, and it will say you know friend of blah 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 who's actually a friend of yours on Facebook. Oh, so wow. oh, yeah. all right, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it's a real thing. Okay. All right. Hmm. So, right. I was involved yes. in this murder. No, he in heard, as much he as overheard. I overheard. Yeah. Yeah. He said the man said he and two others had been driving down Smollett Street when they saw Bronwyn standing in the street. He said the guy in the back said, "Quick, go around the back, and if she's there when we come back, we'll grab her and have some fun." The witness Ugh. said, oh, "What a hoot!" He said the man then recounted the events which led up to Bronwyn's murder. He never once oh, wavered in his story. He never backtracked, the witness said. It was something you couldn't have come up with. He was reliving it. He was bragging. That's disgusting. Sometime after the incident, he was shown a picture of Kevin Newman and identified him as the man in the pub. Who did? Sorry, this 
Witness uh, Voldemort. Witness X. So Voldemort, her, yeah. I overheard someone bragging. Yeah, yeah. And yes. then he was shown a and photo then, and it was yep. the yeah. But did Witness X go to the authorities at the time or is this something that came out much later? Uh, it was yeah. a while later, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah so this came out um, as part mm-hmm. of the inquest, so the, the 2021 One inquest. inquest. Yeah, okay, yeah. so he'd heard it a long time before that. Correct. And then he just thought, oh, I might mention it now, right? Okay. Yeah. 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 And and it could be that, you know, sometimes what? He heard it years and years later? Or Uh, he heard it close to the No, so in the in the eighties he'd overheard it. But it could far out. And then he didn't say anything. It didn't come forward. No, no, but he may have done it because we've heard plenty of times where, you know, evidence goes missing or Someone yeah. doesn't. And in this, you've said that evidence has gone Correct. missing too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, right. or no um, one followed up on the lead. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You exactly. might have called right. it in. All right. Yeah. We, okay. we, won't, yeah, yeah. we don't know. We, won't, we don't know. Okay. We won't persecute this person. But no, and and also depending on how it played out, he might have reported it, but not known who it was. True. Yeah. Okay. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's a, a strange. Well, one. he just was ignored at that point in time. Possibly. <laughs> The witness said he was left petrified and tried to leave the pub without the men realising he had overheard their conversation. On the final day of the inquest, the brother of Colin Newey broke down in tears as he gave evidence. Peter Newey repeatedly apologised and was asked by Miss Dowling why he was upset. So remember, Peter is the one who was supposed to be picked up from the hospital when because yeah, Colin but he didn't show up. Correct. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he was crying because he said, "I'm sorry, Colin, with what's happened." I'm just, I just don't believe, no, I'm sorry, he said. What? So he, he, he couldn't really articulate what? his thoughts, but I think he's no. trying to say he can't believe that. You were involved in raping you were involved, and murdering correct. the person. Yeah, yeah. So Miss Dowling said three men have died. The opportunities for people to tell what they know are running out and this may be the last opportunity you have to say what you know, she said. She said, uh, now that Colin is gone, is there anything you can now tell the coroner that you might know? Mr Newey apologises again. I don't believe what I've heard through the cases and the inquest that Colin could have done this. He said, I apologise to everyone. I don't think he did it, but I apologise to everyone. You're confusing me, Paul. I am, I am. Look, Um, no, no, you're not. And Paul, Peter. Paul. And Paul. Oh, this Peter? is Peter. This is Not to be confused with Poyter. Yeah, no, yeah. So you're confusing me, Peter, are you saying? <laughs> you're sorry because he was involved or sorry because you don't think he was involved? You, you know how you, people go, my God, I can't believe they did that? Yeah. It's, it's probably in that context more yeah. so than. Okay. I don't, yeah, so it's not that I'm, I don't believe he did it. I, I, I can't con- believe he did it. Yeah, I'm convinced that he did it. I just don't believe Can't it. Believe like, okay. God, it's okay, unbelievable. Okay. I think it must be more in that context. Mr Newey agreed that his brother could be physically and sexually violent and said he had suspected at some point that his brother may have had some involvement in their cousin's murder. But I can't believe it. But didn't press him on <laughs> it. He didn't want to say it, yeah. So despite the fact that there was no one convicted of the murder of Bronwyn Richardson, the third inquest hopefully had two benefits. To clear the names of previous people named in the investigation and the very real benefit of delivering some degree of closure for the Richardson family. Fiona Hume said the family expected the court's findings. Death may silence the monsters, but it hasn't silenced the truth, she said. Hume also condemned that the violence her sister suffered still continues today. Even in the modern day, what happened to her continues to happen, she said. I think that if anything, she would like to not be forgotten. 
So that's in terms mm. of, of Bronwyn. And, and if you think about, you know, some of the things that have happened between that too. sort of 19, uh, sorry, 2019 through to 2021, there's a whole lot of that Me Too movement, a lot more, you know, the, the society views have changed quite a lot um, and people are very vocal about speaking up about these things, whereas perhaps in the past it wasn't mm. spoken about as much. So that, my friends, is the story of Bronwyn Richardson and, and I guess more so oh, just how long, I think that's the point I wanted to make, that, you know, for for the family, obviously, you know, terrible what happened to Bronwyn, but these things to just go on and on and on and on and on must be so traumatic for the Family, family, everyone is involved, yeah, yeah. And the nasty people who did it, you know, who were arrested and got so off. Who do you think did it? Yeah. I think Newey for sure mm. and, when, and, and I think Mad Max. Can I ask a question? Mad Parking. Max. Who do you think yeah. was in the, like, how many who do you think were in the car at the, at the outset though? Well, so they said that there were four. Yeah. A witness saw four. I yeah. would probably think more so three okay because they've said that there's the three who were involved and i think that there's probably two at least who were involved in the raping and murder i'm not sure if it was all three of them who did that but i think newey and mad max were definitely involved in that whether kevin newman was i'm not sure because he's the one bragging in the pub right and, and I'm guessing that he didn't do it. That probably was with them and saw it. Oh, God. How yeah, is so. Is he about? alive or is he dead? They're all dead. I all think, dead. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's also mm. interesting that the third inquest points the finger at three dead people. Mm. I'm assuming that's purely based on evidence. but Fairly telling that they think yeah. they're the three people who did it, yeah. Mm. Well, I'm ready for sentencing. Go hard. You didn't okay. muck around. Well, no, I don't know why, but maybe because it's it's a bit of a Murray River story, right? And so I'm thinking about the topography of Australia and I'm thinking about the world that we live in, perhaps not you, Carla, as in I don't know. If, oh, no, I, I know you've got termite mounds over in um, WA, but I'm thinking more about <laughs> a bull ant nest. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking these three gentlemen might need to be you know, staked out over some bullant nests because if you've ever been bitten by a jumping jack or even a standard old bullant, it's very uncomfortable. It's very painful. And I'd like to think that Bronwyn died quickly, but I think that that probably didn't happen. And mm. I think that her last however many hours were horrific and shouldn't have happened. She was a person on the cusp of the greatness of her life. There was absolutely, you know, like, no one should have their promise taken away like that, you know, their life's promise. And so I think these three gentlemen, because I'm not really sure, but I'm going to say the three gentlemen that you yeah. think and the police think are uh, responsible for this, Mad Max, Nui, yeah. and whoever, who was the third one? Uh, Kevin yeah. Newman. Kevin Newman. Puppy. Mm. Oh, Puppy. I <laughs> think yeah, yeah. Anyone with such an innocuous bloody nickname needs to be staked out. <laughs> On a series of large bullant mounds, yes. nests, yeah, and then someone come along and shove a whole lot of, you know, spades and stuff into the bullant nest to really wind them up and then run away and the bullants can do their work on these men because it will be very, very painful and very uncomfortable and I think 
it suits kind of the region as well. Hmm. So I'm going for a very natural sentence nice. for these uh, chaps. Mm. An uprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, of the ants. Oh, oh my god, have you ever been bit by a bullet? I have once. Yeah. It was mm. awful. Only yeah. one. Just one. Yeah, one uh, jumping jack, and I felt oh, so sick. Jumping they jacks. They are nasty. They're they are nasty. evil. And they're only yeah. little too. Tiny little black things. But once I got bitten by one, I've avoided them like the plague. And maybe some march flies can get in there too. Oh yes. Yeah. Up at Eldon, I killed quite a few because it, it's a lot of mud because we've had a lot of rain and yeah. got floods, so the marchies are up, and I've had to smack a few of those, but they are nasty too, so maybe some marchies can get in there too. Yeah, you'd That's- have to handcuff them or something because march flies are easy to kill. Once they, <laughs> they land, are, they... they are. Oh, no, no, they're staked out. They're ah. tied to stakes over Bullantness so the march flies can bite them at will. And so can the, uh, and we've got to fire up the bull ants, yeah. you know, they don't just attack for no reason, so we've got to fire them up and then they can just go for hell for leather. Why don't you just shove one of the spades up there, clacker? Oh, well, no, I'm not going that far. <laughs> okay. I'll reserve that for you. Asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's my sentence, yes. Yeah. Swanee, have you got one? Kind of. I don't quite know where to, where to end. I know where I want to start, so perhaps you guys can give me some advice. But... The thing that sort of really bothers me about this is, and I think that, you know, I'm sure that um, Schmitty will be able to understand it, is as a young girl, like as a 17-year-old, the thought of having a group of men approach you and abduct you is about as bad as it gets. I can't begin to tell you. I think every woman listening to this would have had a sense at some point of feeling um, ill at ease or that something could go wrong very quickly. Yeah. And to have that, you know, happen, especially if it was someone that she knew, like if it was her second cousin or whatever else, because I would assume that, you know, if, if he'd been in trouble, it wouldn't be news to her that he wasn't a good guy. Do you know what I mean? Mm. No, imagine, but you wouldn't assume a relative was going to do that to no, you. But no, you, but I could imagine the energy and how unsettling. She would have known quite quickly that she was in it. In True, trouble, in right? Trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that the terror mm. that's associated with that is that's what I want to be able to have them feel. And I just don't know how you make a man feel like a 17 year old who has been abducted by a group of men. How do I flip it so that they have that feeling? That that's, terror kind of that's thing. That's what I want them to have to feel. So, A, they'd have to be on their own, they wouldn't be with anybody else. But who would terrify a man? To the, the same extent that those poor that poor girl felt because I just before you get to the point where she's been raped and murdered I know that she knows that it's all going to go terribly it's all wrong go awfully bad. and that's yeah. that's what I want their punishment to be that that knowing this has all gone wrong this is there's no good side for me this is all my life is all but I'm over. not getting Watch out of get, this yeah no, they're going to hurt me they're really going to hurt me could it be that they go to jail with Baba and his friends. <laughs> And get abducted in jail every day and yeah. raped by Bubba and his friends. Remember the um, Shawshank Redemption and there's the yeah. girls yeah. and what happened to Andy Dufresne? A little bit like that where it'd just be, because that would be pretty terrifying I would imagine. Yeah, that's um, the kind of thing that I need to. Well, it's about that, taking all of their power away. Correct. And putting yeah. them in a position where they are physically overcome so they can't yes. fight back. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, whether it's Bubba or... Putting them in a cell with BTK, Ed Kemper, yeah. you know other other psychos that we've that we've covered that are so terrifying because it's no holes bar, you know, yeah. like it's just go for it. Yeah, yeah. 
the Ed Kemper story where I was talking to the FBI agent who was there for half an hour and was, you know, bluffing his way out of mm. a cell knowing that this man could have literally killed him like that. He's six foot nine giant. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's no, you know, like you, you can't fight that man off. Like if he wanted to kill you, he would. He'd be dead. Yeah. And maybe maybe that's what we need to do. We need to change Ed's MO and just say, look, you know, for the <laughs> – just yes. do us a favour here, Eddie, and uh, we'll pop you in here with these guys and you can teach them a lesson, you know. I mean, because there the needs to be that. How he thinks, but, yeah. The, the timing of it is what's crucial in, in terms of what I want and how I want the punishment to be delivered because between the time that she got in the car and the, and then the time, I mean, I don't know, I mean, imagine Before it, it became apparent rest. that she was going yeah. to die, yeah. And then when she knows that what they're going to do to her, that's the bit. Because you know, like if you're, there are certain things that happen, and you know, we've we've covered all types of situations where people have been raped and murdered and whatever else. There are things that happen over a period of time. Some, sometimes things happen in an instant. This didn't happen in an instant. Everybody had a go, no doubt. You know, she oh, knew what was oh. all of that sort of stuff. It's the long, oh, the, the suffering, and you know, the being exposed to it. That when I hear of these crimes that happen to particularly young women, and it's a group of guys, I just, oh, you. It really, really upsets me. I, I know. I just want to cut their dicks off. I really mm. do. It's just like I'd leave them like that because, you know, like that's almost more painful. Like, I'm, yeah. and balls, oh, by the way, I don't mean surgically. I mean just chop them off and let them bleed and deal with it and get infected and whatever and deal with a little stump forever because it is so horrendous, you know. It, oh, God, makes what me if so they, angry. What if they got a job in a bag of dicks factory <laughs> and – Every day their dick got chopped off, BOD, and then BOD. it started again, and it's got chopped off and put into the bag. <laughs> it have to I, be. It have to be cut off with a rusty. So painful. Yeah. Oh, it's just awful. It's just yes. It can't I, be sharp and clean and yeah, easy no, and no. quick. It's got to be like soaring Prolonged. and hacking and yeah. painful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I know. God, I sound like a monster myself, but honestly, it's just so. As you say, Carla, the terror, and and there's the point where you think, "Am I going to get through this? Like, are they all just going to rape me, and yeah. I'm still going to get go. home, yeah, and yeah. I'm just going to pretend this never happened, yeah?" And then, no, no, they're going to strangle know that me. You realize yeah, they're going to kill me. Too much now. damage has been done. Now they've got to get rid of or, me. As or well. is there yeah. even that piece it's where awful. she just you know, through her head just goes, "Oh my god, just kill me," you know, like I. It's possible, but it's so bad what's happened that I just. It's possible. I think, mm. you know, I mean, I've always taken the position of I'll fight whatever happens. But yeah. And yeah, if I found out dead, that at least I knew I fought, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you I can't get speak skin for, under your fingernails yeah, for sure. Can't speak for anyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think oh. that what happens when I hear about, and I wasn't aware of this crime. No, but, I've never heard this um, it, it has so many similarities with other things I've heard, but I guess for me growing up, um, in New South Wales, there was Anita Cobby, yeah. who was, a, again, a beauty queen yeah. from the western suburbs of Sydney, who I think they'd taken off a, a train platform or something. I don't know. There's a, there is actually a, a mini-series thing. Very similar in the sense that it's just this beautiful girl snatched and treated so appalling. I think hers is possibly even worse because I think we know more about what happened. More about it. And yeah. I, so I can't say whether actually that's a really silly thing to say whether it's worse, but I some of the detail there is just horrendous. And I've thought about looking at that at crime before I but I can't handle it mm. because it it happened at a time that was so instrumental in my 
development of who I was. I think it was in the 80s. So it was as I was becoming, you know, a young adult, I think mid-80s, so, I, you know, I was probably probably about 12, 13 or something, and it had such a huge impact on me, that story of terror. So when you started telling this story, it takes me straight to that thing of me going, oh, God, this was like one of my biggest fears mm. as a, a young – and actually it, probably for most women still would remain a big fear because it does still happen. Um, it's just horrendous. Oh, just ugh, really yeah. nice. Off with their dicks. Snaps. Off with their dicks. Bag of dicks factory. And then yeah. their fingers, just the tips of the fingers, and then a bit more and a bit more, maybe. Yeah. But just, it's just Shocking. awful. The poor these family. Men, these men who think a... they can do this. Many, oh, God. And they did get away with it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the, the hard bit. That's the kicker, I reckon. Correct. But... And that, that's where I think this one I struggle with, oh, obviously, what happened. Rage. But then we're left with this sort of family who, as you say, Shmini, it'll be 50 years this year since it happened. And, and, and have you know, no and nothing. That's, and and that's more. That's my entire lifetime. Do you know what I mean? It's just awful. mine too. Yeah, yeah. It's horrendous. Yeah, yeah the the whole um, justice. Yeah, I think the just, police tried. It has not prevailed. Like oh, the, really? Yeah. Has the family yeah. have very clearly made the point that the police have tried yes. their best. Yeah. There's not been enough evidence, and perhaps the time period is part of the problem, being you know in the seventies, but. Yeah, and you know, I think I, I, you're right about the Me Too thing, and that, and it's so wrong that we get to 2020, 2021, where we give a shit about violence against women. You know, like we should have given a shit about violence against women in the 70s. It, it, yeah, you know, when even when you said she was a bit tarty, I was like, oh, just my yeah. sphincter clenches at hearing that because yeah. we've all been tarty. We all want to be sexy. Swanee and I used to go out in nightclubs looking like. Absolute bad tramps, you know, but we had fun and we didn't expect to be raped for it, right? And we shouldn't expect to be raped for it or murdered. It's just so wrong. Sorry, this is very, I'm very angry now. So, can you please sentence these people with a great deal of ardor and crossness? I can try. The crossness, the crossness is what's going to get him. The the bit, (laughs) I'm very cross. Um, Yes. I'm so cross. I think the, um, like I said, the bit that I struggle with is that, you know, there's no justice at all. Yeah. Mm. And so, of course, what happened is horrific. And, Carla, yeah. I think, you know, your your sentence around getting them to feel that terror that you would have felt mm. I think is a really good one. Um, Schmidt, I like the idea of the pain as well because they, they just sound like they're just so dirty and they're you know they're indifferent, different, nearly. Like yeah, they just, are. That's it. They don't even care. And just, if someone not really. Was, if someone was bothered. truly overheard bragging about this, yeah. Oh, I think and that, I don't even think doing time would bother them because then they'd be with other like-minded people. It's kind of like you know the, the people they'd hang out with if they yeah. could choose to. So yeah. I don't see that there's any. What are you in for? That's oh, no real Rachel penalty with that. Someone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh tell me about. It. Oh my god, what, what what was she like? I could just imagine. They're just like, scum. Yeah, and you should think of Mad Max who well, gets true, out yeah. of jail, catches a train to Albury to have lunch at the Coles Calf. Is there so a, yeah. that, so that he can rape and murder someone the nice. very day that he gets let out. Yeah, like, yeah, that's exactly you are right. Gross. And then yeah. <clears throat> Newey, who's doing this, oh, look, there's my second cousin. Let's call her over so that we can abduct her and rape her. her. Like, I related to her. 
She's you my family, gross. and I think that's okay. Oh God, you're beyond gross. You're the you're the scum of the earth. You're a you're a scumbag. Oh yeah, it's God. it's really quite sickening. So I don't know. I'm I'm I would almost be happy if they actually did get abducted themselves individually and, and have this whole thing play out against them play out for them back, back on them because you know the, the whole thing of you you have no right to do this there is no place for this the fact that you know they got arrested and got off all, all this sort of stuff where they were probably thinking they were so good because they did it and got away with it you know, it just, it just makes me feel sick in the stomach. So, yeah, I'd be quite okay. And, and Schmitty, that's why I was kind of going with the putting them on the shovel pole. Yeah, and, and I think it should be some, I don't know, like there, there's also stories of some of the gay hate crimes that have happened around mm. the world mm. and almost, you know, the, the way that those kids have been treated and murdered and whatever. So debasing I, and I could almost go a little bit of that for these, these guys assholes. as well because... They really are, yeah. Assholes. All right. Good-o. Can, can well, we end on a something funny? Because um... <laughs> Well, that was a real dark one, yeah. Mm. And nice to go local. <laughs> oh, how about, sorry. So remember Mr Brown who didn't participate in Murder, Lies and Alibis. Uh, yes. He was film telling the crew to go away saying, I've had 46 years of this shit. Yes. Uh, he wasn't one that was found guilty or, you know, um, suspected of doing it. Imagine mm. having that hanging over your head for 46 years as well. You know, yeah, that. I don't know if I feel like he's a victim. I, I, I think imagine if he didn't do anything and yep. these other people did and they're not clearing his name of it at all. They're going sweet as some other suckers yeah, in okay. the spotlight. Yeah, yeah. He's Andy Dufresne. What a, what a change of your life. Uh, yeah, yeah so. another victim in this story. Yeah, mm, I think so. All yeah, right. sorry. Well. I was going to end on something funny, but it wasn't funny. <laughs> all. all right. Well, thank you very much, Clarky. That was one that I didn't anticipate, so that was a good one. I have never heard that story before. I'm very sorry for Bronwyn's family, and I hope that something somewhere comes up that they can actually find who actually did it, even if it's posthumously, and so the family gets some closure. Yeah. Mm. Otherwise, it's chopping dicks off and ants' nests and... Baba. Yeah, great. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, as we say every week, miss you already. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. On on that happy note. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Trial by Wine. You can contact us at trialbywine at gmail.com. Please rate, review and subscribe to Trial by Wine on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com, Trial by Wine. Or visit our website, www.trialbywine.com to donate to us. Your support will help us cover many more cases and apply wacky sentences. We really appreciate you listening and hope you tell everyone about us. Our cover art is by John Christo and music is by Beauchamp from pixabay.com. Mm-hmm.